Hearts. Welcome to the Normalizing Average Podcast. Join us as we dive into the stories behind the people who have overcome setbacks to achieve success, celebrating the average moments on the path to extraordinary results. Let's go. All right. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Normalizing Average Podcast. I am Eve Duke. I'm here with Amy Ebern, and I'm also here with two very special ladies, Tessa Treadway and Izzy Lynch, and we're here to talk about all things motherhood. Um, the documentary film, The Motherload, is by Zoya Lynch, featuring two professional skiers and moms, Izzy and Tessa. The film follows them as they collect all the pieces necessary to get outside with their kids in tow. Motherload first appears as a comic story about moms taking their kids skiing but it connects on a deeper level with the themes of single parenting and loss. I found it, and I know a lot of people, I think everybody found it both inspiring, entertaining, moving, and incredibly heartwarming. Um, I don't know if all, like, as I was prepping for the show, I almost cried every time. Like, I uh, couldn't even, like, write down questions and talk about it without just being a mom and knowing your journey and knowing what it's like being a mom with kids and taking them skiing and getting them outside and active. Anyway, so please welcome Izzy Lynch and Tessa Dreadway on our very special Mother's Day show to discuss all things motherhood. Hi. Hi. <laughs> so Izzy, do you want to, we'll kind of do both of you guys. Do you, Izzy, do you want to kick us off with your motherhood story? And then Tessa, will do, we'll do your story. Sure. Um, where do I begin? Um, I guess... <laughs> I became a mom in 2017, five years ago um, to the day as of yesterday. It was Knox's fifth birthday. Um, and yeah, I was married and had just built a house with my husband and we wanted to start a family and it happened a little bit quicker than we expected. Um, so it was a bit of a surprise, but like a happy surprise. Um, when, when I found out I was pregnant with Knox and yeah, just super excited to start a family and, um, and yeah, I had Knox April 26, 2017. And I think in that year after having him, it was this really crazy experience for us as a family. And, um, we just realized that, um, yeah, I, I don't, <laughs> how deep do I go? Um, I guess ultimately, long story short, Phil and I split up um, 11 months after Knox was born. So, and there was, there were a lot of factors that led to that. And it was definitely the best thing for all of us, I think, to go our separate ways. Um, but really, really crazy timing to be suddenly kind of like out in the world on your own with the kid. Mm -hmm. um, and I ended up you know, with, with him Knox pretty much full time. Um, super lucky to live in this town of Revelstoke where I'm surrounded by amazing people and my mom lived close by. So we ended up moving in with my mom for six months mm -hmm. um, and living there and just kind of like getting back on our feet and figuring out um, how to keep moving forward. So yeah, did that and, um, and it's amazing how like the universe kind of conspires in all the ways you need it to because um, about, yeah, so six months after we, we split up, I, you know, had left the home that we had just built and was like, what am I going to do? Rent a basement suite with my one-year-old or something, figure something mm -hmm. out. And um, I stumbled across this amazing opportunity to purchase a house privately from an amazing woman um in town and so yeah Knox and I moved into our home in October of that year and we just kind of like kept moving forward yeah um yeah so anybody and, in Revelstoke now or in any probably small town or ski town can really appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah. it was amazing how everything how everything worked out and yeah we've just kind of continue to grow and keep our life moving forward. And um, I've met an amazing partner since then and actually had another baby since then. And so now I'm a mom of two and yeah, life is good. Yeah. Two boys. Two boys. <laughs> Moms of boys. Yeah. Tessa, what about you? Um, my oldest son is about to turn nine. So I have oh. been a mom for, feels like quite a long time now. 
and I have experienced, I guess, like very different um, uh, within our within my life, like very different roles of being a mom and parenting. Um, with my first, I have three boys now, but when with my first two, with my first one, and then second, um, my husband and I lived a very unique life. I feel like I was very blessed as a mom. I think a lot of moms struggle with um, finding a balance of work and fulfilling themselves and um, doing the job that they are doing as a mom the best that they can. And uh, I feel like I was very blessed because I got, I feel like we really figured out how, Dave and I figured out how to like live that balance really well and we were super fortunate because both of us were professional skiers and figured out a way to bring our family and our kids into our careers and so it meant um for me it felt like nothing had to be sacrificed which was really pretty special and um our my kids I got to be with them full time and but still we got to live this amazing adventurous and traveling lifestyle and um, still making money from companies and sponsors, but getting to live this amazing life while putting our kids first. So it felt like such a gift and um, an amazing thing that I even during it, like I don't feel like I really took for granted. I was just like felt very, very blessed to be living that life. And in the middle of that like wild adventure of traveling, we were living out of our camper actually for, we lived out of our camper for four and a half years. And um, in the middle of that, or no, I guess near the end of that, we got pregnant with our third child while we were in on a surf trip in the Baja. And, and then not too long after that, actually my husband passed away. So then all I became like, we brought, I brought the third baby into the world and then became a single mom of three kids and now I'm living a very different um, stage of our lives. And um, I don't know, it's still motherhood. It's still parenting and it's a very different, very different than what I was living before. It's still beautiful. I still love being a mom. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a whole lot harder than it was before. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't even imagine, um, especially having this really unique, fantastic, like you figured it out. You know? And then Dave passed away shortly before Malta was born. Is that correct? I think I was seven months pregnant, but mm -hmm. I have to, I'm like uh, details. I don't really, I have a really bad memory the last mm -hmm. few years. So I think I was seven months pregnant. I'm pretty sure somewhere around there. And, but many of the details I like, I don't know. Yeah. We're just doing it. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it's, matter. Um, is it like a day to day get through? Uh, it definitely was for a long time. Mm -hmm. I would say the first like year felt like um, just surviving and getting through. And like, I kind of had my mind set on like, okay, I don't know why. But I thought a year mark, if I make it through the first year and like everyone's still alive and we've like, everything's okay after one year, then that just felt like a huge milestone to make it to. Yeah. And then, and that was like definitely just a hundred percent survival. Yeah. And I don't have very many memories from it. And unfortunately I like also destroyed three phones in that year. And so I like don't have memories of like photos or anything. It's just like that year is like gone. I don't remember it. Don't, I don't have memories from it, whatever it's gone, which is maybe the best. I don't know. Um, but that year came to the, like the end. And then it was like, Oh, it doesn't stop. It just keeps going. It was kind of a weird moment of like, I, I put so much emphasis in my mind on like making it through this year. And then I did it and then it like never ends. But, um, but since then I'd say, and even like now it's coming into what well, we just have, it's marked three years since Dave passed away. And I definitely feel like a lot of it is still surviving, like getting kids out the door in the morning and getting supper made, those kind of things, like the 
day-to-day chores are definitely still like survival mode, but there's a lot of really amazing moments too. We've come such a long way. My kids are, are so much happier than they were that first year, two years. And, um, like I, my kids look like happy, smiling, normal kids most of the time. And I think I feel the same way. Like I actually have a very happy life. I'm spend most of my time feeling quite happy and Mm -hmm. joyful, but, um, it's not to say that it's always easy for sure. Yeah. When you guys had, there was such a good takeaway is that hard doesn't from the film, hard doesn't have to mean bad which I thought was so just even just something as a mom is so good to remember that it's like, this is hard. This is hard. It's like, but that's also, that doesn't need to necessarily mean that it's bad. Um, If you don't mind me asking, what do you think got you through that first, well, that first year and then continuing on. So I know as you talked about her mom was in town, the community, what was that for you? Mm -hmm. I think so many things actually helped us and helped helped us through family support and obviously our community mm-hmm. meals being made friendships like so many things but um I think the biggest thing that helped me through is actually being a mom and the stage that my kids were at in mm-hmm. those early stages as much as that was like made things very difficult and the amount of needs that my kids had I think it also forced me to get up and like get my ass together every single morning. Um, I, I like in the very early stages of losing Dave, I remember someone told me that all I had to do each morning was like start by getting up and making my bed. And if that's all I did that day, that was enough. And I thought that's very sweet, but that's probably the worst. I don't remember who it was. So they probably won't hear this, but it just actually felt like the worst advice I could ever imagine because it was like, really? I only have to make my bed? Sweet, like then what? Then my kids die? Like who, who's gonna feed them breakfast? Who's gonna do the laundry? Who's gonna like burn out their crazy energy? Who's gonna do all this other stuff? It was just like, wow, if I could check out after making my bed, that sounds pretty easy. But um, it was more just funny to think of, like weird not anyone with three kids would ever feel that way but um I think it actually has like it forced me because I think it's easy and when you're grieving to just like really sink into that and you can just stay in bed and cry all day or like just really sink into the heaviness of it Mm -hmm. and I know there's a time and place for that too because you need to do that but um I feel like my kids didn't really allow me that space and I had to just like get up and move forward every day. And that was as much as like, it was a challenge. It also was a gift for me, I think too, to, I don't know, Mm -hmm. see life and like actually that there is life around you, even though you're feeling so much death and heaviness and sadness to be aware of the real life. I know Dave always would sign everything and it's kind of become our, family mantra is like chase life but it Mm -hmm. felt like in those early days that life was like actually just chasing me like my three kids I couldn't get away from them you know you're like hiding in the bathroom like ah this life is like crazy life in the house is like chasing me around and I can't get away from it and it actually like brought I don't know I feel like it brought me back to life in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. and it would be like you and you would have had children at completely different stages as well so you have and then eventually a brand new baby who's completely unaware of the grief and the loss Mm -hmm. and then up to what would have been a six-year-old. Yeah. Casper was five at the time. Rafi was two. Mm -hmm. And then obviously Malto, a newborn and, or Rafi was turning three, I guess. But um, yeah, pretty much very different stages. It was interesting for sure. Like, as they all process grief in their own ways and process loss in their own ways. So Malto had no idea. Mm -hmm. He was just a newborn and probably the easiest. Mm -hmm. And then Rafi would not, he was just worried that I would die. Like anytime I would be away from him or like if I had to go to the grocery store and my dad was going to watch them or anything, like any separation was just too much for him. I had to pretty much be like, he had to see me, touch me, feel me like at all times for quite a while. And then 
Casper's, the way his kind of grief came out was mostly his anger. And so I had to protect him. He couldn't be around other kids or like pr protect him from himself and protect his brothers from him and then other kids or cousins that would come by or whatever. It was just like a, a little boy about to explode at all moments. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, little guy. And then how did you manage that? What tools did you use as a mom to manage those like different emotions, I guess, for them and pro mm, help them process? Big, big learning process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I'm still learning and navigating that. I was just kind of reflecting on it last night. And I think Rafi and I are very similar in a lot of ways. And it just came more naturally of like what he needed would have been more what I needed to. And so that came naturally and I see he's doing so well now he's like come such a long way and and um it becomes more trick I think the challenge really comes is when your kids need something very different from what you naturally need or what you understand mm -hmm. and um and that's where like a partnership is so key right like because in a lot of ways Dave and Casper are much more similar and so um, he could understand more what Casper needed and and then walking through this on my own with Casper has been it's been hard because I see how there's things that I can't provide for him the same way that Dave could and that he's struggling because of missing those things and like the firm like alpha male in his life and there's things he's missing that I'm just not I'd like try and be that but I can't be that scary or that I don't know it just doesn't work I just can't be I'm not dad. I can't be it. So, um, yeah, it's just a learning process and trying to be someone that I'm not always, but for my kids because they need it. And, and then also connecting them with people that can help fill some of that role, like spending time with my dad and my brother and different friends who can help provide some of the things that they need. Yeah. Yeah. We have, were either of you guys, reluctant to do the film knowing that you would have to really talk about and really talk about becoming single moms was there any part of that that you were worried about it well, definitely felt super vulnerable my mouth though it definitely felt super vulnerable like putting out you know really intimate details of our lives into the world and like I feel like so much of our lives is public through social media and stuff these days but I still kept a lot of that stuff um super private like you know my divorce and all of that and so yeah it did it did feel really vulnerable because you're just exposing this to like who knows how many people and lots and lots of people watch the film now um and I think well thinking back to that time like Tessa when we went to go film in Golden, it was, it was still really fresh, like the pain from Dave passing and, and seeing how raw it was. And like, for Zoya and I, we talked about it a lot. We were just like, we want to make sure Tessa is totally comfortable with this, but Tessa, you can probably speak more to this, but like, she was just in this place where she just wanted it to look real. She was like, it's, it's rough right now. Like it's raw and it's rough. And I don't want people, to, I don't want to sugarcoat it. And um, so, yeah, that was so brave. Like, and it made me feel like, okay, if Tessa can be that brave and expose this part of her life, that's like so painful, then, you know, I can do it too. Yeah. Yeah. Tessa, any thoughts on that? Was there anything that you were worried about? And that is like exactly all, I'll mirror what Izzy said that's so brave and would be, I think, lend so much insight and courage for other moms who've gone through or going through what you've been through. Was, were you worried at all about telling that story or? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think, I don't know, our world is, especially the world of social media is um, only shows the good and glamorous parts now and that's just not real life mm -hmm. we all struggle we all have challenges and I think I've always wanted to just be like a true like show 
the true real ourselves and real life and um and I felt like in a a little bit in a way is like a bit of an opportunity too that to show like I don't know I felt like a lot of people came back of feeling very hopeful from it and that's kind of what I was hoping even though it was like showing us in the middle of a disaster but still that people could feel hope in it which was what I was wanting and I think the only thing really that I have felt um more hesitant to share is really my kids you can have a break yep um would be sharing my kids stories because I feel like that is um Mm. it's their it's more their stories to tell right it's not it's not it is our story like learning to parent through it and helping them through it it is my mine as well but also just how um their struggles and their here you go buddy if if it's something that they want to share or if it's not I think that has been the only um thing for me yeah yeah you guys had I'm gonna kind of switch gears to kind of this topic of that I've really battled with and come to terms with and I think you mentioned it either in the film or in some of my research I found, but it's this idea of the concept of mother load and how it's the general, it's the load on parenting and the load on moms, always thinking about your kids, having them in the back of your mind, but then, okay, is what I'm, what I'm doing here, is, am I doing the right thing? Is this, is this for me? Is this for them? And I've definitely been there myself, like dragging. Uh, my daughter, little Izzy, baby Izzy, up to the ski hill, and sometimes she's having a bad day, and I'm like, am I, like, is this for me, or is this for us, like, we're in the sun, but she's not stoked, or she's has too many snacks, or what it is, you know, it's like, are you, is what you're doing right for them, and is how you're doing it right, what did, uh, yeah, is that something that you guys battled with, or just this load on always thinking about your kids, and questioning yourself? Yeah, I think every I think every mom questions themselves herself, yeah. <laughs> um, or every parent probably questions themselves. Like, is this the right thing? And parenting is just like constant. It's such a practice in setting boundaries. And I feel like I wish I knew about boundaries. Like, well, I wish I knew now, or what I know now about boundaries. I wish I knew like in my early twenties. You know, my life would have been probably a lot more straightforward, and I would have not. I don't know. I probably would have done things a lot differently, but, um, so they teach you a lot, but I think, yeah, you, you have to set these hard boundaries and like the kids aren't always happy about it or it doesn't always feel good. Um, Mm -hmm. and I think you question in the moment, okay, is this the right thing to do? Like, am I traumatizing them because I'm not giving them what they want or, um, or yeah, the whole getting outside thing, like, it's not easy. Like we drag them, you know, sometimes we like have to motivate them with, with you know bribes treats whatever we like drag them out on trails we take them camping they don't sleep as well as they sleep at home or whatever and you think is this the right thing why am I doing this am I doing this for me or for them or um, but I think at the end of the day if there's just like those few moments of like where everyone can breathe or freedom or everyone's getting things are just working then it it feels worth it but there's often a lot of moments that aren't working and yeah, you're like, what is the point of this? Mm-hmm. And I think too, there's a lot of value in creating like skiing. You talked about just how it becomes this, this thing that your family does in this almost like this happy place. And it's like, Hey, we're going skiing. And for us, it's like, you go get her ski boots and she knows her boots and she knows her stuff and she knows what we're doing. And that in that becomes, I think there's comfort in knowing just whether it's going to go good or bad you just know okay this is what we're doing this is an activity that we do i do it with mom i do that i do it with whoever and same as almost any other sport you know or any other thing that they do whether even it's just going to the park it's some sort of hey buddy (laughs) some sort of regular routine or normalcy for them 
know yeah and it's a place where you can all just like find yourselves in the moment and I think going back to what you said about or like what Tessa said about what kept her going like Mm -hmm. I think um the really beautiful thing about kids is like they don't they don't like sit in grief like we do or sit in like hard things like we do and like analyze them and try to think of the next step forward. They're just fully in the moment and especially little kids, like they're in the moment and they're they're either happy or they're sad. Yeah. Or they're, they're not like agonizing over little things. And so doing these activities like skiing or being in the mountains, like for, for us as adults, I think we really we really like them because they bring us into the moment. Like, even if it's just brief moments and, and skiing for me, like you can't like ski as fast as you can down a hill without just fully being in the moment. Um, And so I think giving them opportunities to do that or going places where you can all experience that together is really amazing. Yeah, so special. And you both talked about in your backgrounds, uh, Tessa, you're from actually both from the East Coast. And then your, your parents owned a small ski hill and Izzy, then your parents bought into a backcountry ski lodge as children. So that's amazing. So that must've been a huge influence for you guys in getting your kids out on the hill and knowing what that, how your parents gave that to you and then knowing, giving that to your kids. Totally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's so fantastic. Did you have to and this is a lot of these questions I'm speaking with just like personal experience. I'm like, how did you deal with this? But I noticed like when I became a mom, it was maybe like two months before Izzy was born. I really, it really clicked in with me reconciling the change of who I was in that current state, pre-kid state, and then who I was or had to be. And in some ways it's like, okay, how my life is going to change, reconciling those two identities almost and that transition did you guys experience that the okay I did whatever I wanted yesterday and then tomorrow I officially cannot do I could do whatever I want we always have choice but not necessarily did you guys deal with that almost like identity shift in the first when you first became absolutely I think every parent does (laughs) or everyone becomes a mom I don't think I really realized it. This is the only snack I have. Um, until after Casper, my first was born. And I remember like laying in bed up at night, like Googling, why aren't they sleeping or whatever, all the Googling you do in the middle of the night with a newborn. Yeah. And um, thinking like, I can't believe I wanted this. Like I wanted to have a baby so badly and I wanted to become a mom so badly. And I just... And I spent so much time with kids and babysitting and nannying and whatever, like so much time with kids, but still it was like such an adjustment of like, wow, I have to do this forever. Like they're, they need me. They're going to die if I don't do this. Like it was, it's just such a crazy mind shift. And, and then, and I totally think it is for everybody, whether you're able to like have the foresight and think of it before the baby comes or you can't like me. And then you realize it once the baby's there and it shifts and changes. Um, and then, I don't know, it's kind of amazing as you adapt to these new roles because then all of a sudden it just becomes normal. Like they become your, it's like you're, if they're not with you, you're missing a limb. Like they are such an extension of you at some point and and you learn how to do so many things with them and adapt to it and then um and that real adjustment only happens I think with the first child Mm -hmm. and then the second it's still another adjustment but it's very different because you're already all in you're already a parent you're already a mom you're already considering someone's needs before yours all the time and um, and then you just add to the chaos with the more kids that you have and learn to function within that chaos. And it's a different adjustment, but, um, the biggest definitely comes with number one, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I would, uh, actually we're on our way with number two. Oh, nice. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I think that initial shift is the biggest one. What about you, Izzy? How did yeah. you manage or deal with that or come to terms with that shift? Um, 
oh, it's a process, you know, like it doesn't just happen all at once. You're not just like, I am this new person now. Um, I think it's like, for me, it was like slowly letting go of certain things and being okay with it. But I do remember like um, looking at tests. So as an athlete, uh, I didn't have a lot of women to look up to. Hey, my friend, professional being out in the mountains um other than like tessa and there were there are a few but i i do know like quite a few women in that world really hardcore and a lot of them i I would observe and it just seemed like really hard and painful for them because they were struggling so much with letting go of who they were and wanting to be out there in the same capacity as before and I remember looking at Tessa as a mother and just thinking, wow, she's like embraced it so wholly. And she still is who she was. Like she still loves skiing. She still gets out there, but has just like allowed herself to like embrace this role as, as mother. And it was so beautiful and she made it look so much more fun and so much easier. Um, Not easier, but like, I I shouldn't say easy, but just like, it was so there was more ease to it it was like it seemed more natural and less of this battle of like who she was and who she is now and so I kind of committed to myself to like try and do that as much as possible um and I did and um and yeah I'd say it 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 has been a slow process like especially with one with Knox, I could still maintain more of who I was before, I think. And, you know, I'd bring in help and I still, I, I fought really hard to hold on to certain aspects of who I was before. And recently become a mom of two, I'm just like fully, like I've like leaned into motherhood, especially being on mat leave right now. And it actually feels amazing. It's, yeah. it's so nice. And I think having my second kid, I know how fleeting these like, early stages are and I just want to enjoy them and embrace them as much as possible and I know there will be time for me to get back to being that like more of that person that I was before and or maybe not maybe I've completely shifted and we're just always evolving and it's good to be able to accept that I think in life whether you're a mom or you're not like we're always shifting and changing and the more we can accept that and grow and um I think the better off we are. Yeah, I think that's such a good point. It's this evolution and then embracing, okay, this is where, this is the phase that I'm in right now, or this is the place, this is the place that I'm in right now. This is the reality. And it doesn't need to, for me, it was saying, okay, battling with wanting to build my career and then being more or less a full-time mom. So we don't have, don't have daycare. It's challenge in Revelstoke. So I'm like, okay, this is where this is where I'm at. I don't need to have build my career right now. That's not, and not even, I don't need to have, but just that's not the time for me right now. This is not it. It's like, we're heading into our second child. I have a one and a half year old at home. That's not going to be around forever. And so embracing and, and really enjoying, enjoying that time. And I know you talked about in the film, being torn is he between full-time work wanting to be a full-time mom and wanting also wanting to be in the mountains because as pro skiers you're like hey I had this epic career where I was free and you know and it's that torn between these identities is yeah it's so challenging and I feel like sometimes you can't win it's like your full-time the full-time moms are like wanting to have their career the full-time if you're working full-time you want to be a full-time mom it's like there's that's mom guilt do you guys want to speak to, yeah, mom guilt? Has <laughs> that, that affected you? Is that, I know it's, it's a thing for, I think for everybody. Totally. Mm-hmm. I think the, the working mom balance is, it's literally the hardest thing in the world too. Like we've all spent so many of your years and we've like been raised in this generation where we're women, like it's like, you're a girl, you be confident, you can do whatever you want, build a career, be independent. And then, but also be a mom, like have kids, do it all. And, and like, we can do it all, but there's always a cost, you know? And so, and finding the balance is so hard. (laughs) Like I find the, the working mom 
balance is is really really challenging and mm-hmm. it's a constant work in progress finding that balance mm-hmm. or figuring out what works for you and I think having just having my second baby like I'm committing to myself to just like yeah figure out what works for me now it doesn't all have to happen now mm-hmm. and but I wasn't I wasn't ready to do that when I had Knox like I wasn't ready to let go of certain things or maybe go down to work and I couldn't I was single so I had to work full time um and now I you know I'm I'm lucky in that I have a partner that we can work together to make sure that things are working for the family system mm-hmm. um anyway but yeah mom guilt for sure mom guilt's the worst <laughs> it's like, it's definitely you have to just like constantly be swatting it away I think yeah yeah it's like thanks general society for mom guilt (laughs) Tessa what about you I keep trying to mute it so you don't have to hear I don't know if it's working but you're good all of um the craziness that's happening with Malto at moments but (laughs) um But early, like early on in having kids with Dave, I, we had this conversation. We were like, we traveled very differently before having kids and had these ideas of how we would travel with our kids. And then I remember having a conversation with him of like, oh, that we tried a trip where we were like camping on the beach and doing like just continuing our life trying not to change it but bringing our chill our child along mm-hmm. and um and trying to continue exactly how we wanted how we thought our life shouldn't be interrupted I guess and how it should look and we finished that trip and we were both like well that was awful that was not fun like we just spent the entire time like trying to recreate what we think our life should look like without kids or that it's our life and we're just adding our child along and and then but pretty much we were just like trying to stop our child from dying the whole time because it was like awful (laughs) it was absolutely awful and um because he was at the stage where they're just like want to throw themselves off of everything at every second and eat poison and whatever like everything we were in Mexico and it was terrible and on the way home from that trip we were I remember having this conversation of like okay that doesn't work that was not fun that was not what we had envisioned this does not work we have to change and figure out instead of focusing on what we're missing out on or what our life used to be and how trips used to look or work used to look or whatever we it took this like rethinking okay what can we do right now what does this season of life offer us and that we never would have done before without kids and but what would be like what can we do and I feel like that kind of took over into like all areas of our life that was just like a simple thing of going on a vacation but I feel like um in all areas of life that was like such a huge learning lesson for me and to embrace like each different season of life the things that you can do and then to like fully dive into them and be present and enjoy them and not feel like you are missing out on all these other things or not doing all these other things because you're like you know what I did those I did those in the season of life that those that I was able to yeah. And I will have another season of life where I'm able to do them again, but if I want to, but in this season of life, these are the new things I'm able to do and to like fully embrace those and dive in and, and do those things and be thankful for those things and just see it as like, like for the simple example of vacations before we'd like tent and sleep on the beach and eat whatever like or whatever we would find street food and then that trip it was like terrifying with Casper and he got dengue fever and like tried to drown himself in the ocean 10 hundred times and like got so sick from street food and like so many things it was like this is awful sand like so much sand in our tent every day it was like this is a terrible vacation this is not a vacation and then the next trip we're like we're gonna go to an all-inclusive we would never have done that before but there was a water slide and food and like it was the easiest and there was still awesome surfing there we're like hey this is actually great we can embrace this new season of life because 
we yeah. can. And I feel like, um, like every area of life of like the first year of having Casper is like, I can't ski. I can't, I don't feel comfortable with leaving my kid. I didn't want to, I don't want to leave him all day to go skiing. So I started cross country skiing and that became like my favorite activity that winter. And I haven't done it really again since that winter, but that was like the season of my life where cross country skiing was amazing. And like all areas of motherhood and life, like to just like, okay, I, instead of focusing on the things that we can't do or the struggles or what everyone else is doing that we think we are missing out on to just really embrace and focus on what you can do in that season of life. And then like go all in and do it the best you can. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it takes the guilt away because you're just like, no, I'm not that person. I'm not in that season of life. This is a season of life I'm in and I'm doing it, fully yeah. doing it. It makes it easier. <laughs> this is, I love that. This is a season we're in this season. And also knowing that I think framing it that way, it's like, this is a period of time. This isn't totally ever, this isn't the past. This isn't the future. This is right now. This is how we do this right now. That's the best for everybody. What are, um, cause I have travel aspirations, um, with, with busy <laughs> And what are some tips that you guys have? Because you've done obviously pretty awesome trips and camping. And uh, and then you kind of mentioned one there. It's like, okay, maybe we're not doing the camping on the beach. We're doing the all-inclusive. What are some other tips that you guys have with like really adventuring with your kids that have helped you get get out there in this in this season of young children? Simplifying, I think, like making things as simple as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, when with Dave, like having the camper was so nice because it's packed and ready and taking the camper and going. And then it also kind of keeps the kids feeling like they have their home and their routine and their coziness and the things that a child kind of craves and they still get provided with that. Mm -hmm. And now, now we use a rooftop tent to travel because I just found like backing up a trailer and all the work with a trailer was felt more like a two person job than a one person job with three little kids. So we sold our trailer and then tried, which was hard, but then like embracing this new season of life. And we have a rooftop tent that is amazing. It's so fast to set up and like, you can leave the bedding in there and we can go and camp anywhere. So I don't know, just figuring out what, um, what is the best setup for your family and what works the best for your family and where you want to go there's so many different kind of adventure setups and and it's fun to look into all of them and you don't need to spend hundred thousand dollars on a super cool van but you can do it very simply and and still provide the same adventure and excitement for your kids mm -hmm. yeah izzy what about you what are your adventure mom tips um, i'd say just be really flexible with your like expectations like if you set your goals too high then you'll most likely be frustrated and disappointed <laughs> so like I don't know it depends you, you know like you you take Izzy out skiing and you just have to like go with the flow yeah. and you I think the lower your expectations are like or the more open you are to things going every which way the the more like the higher likelihood of you walking away saying like that was a successful day or a successful trip Mm -hmm. um, so yeah just being like maybe having the best case scenario in your mind but being okay with it if you go on a hike and you only make it a kilometer up the trail and then you go to the lake or something like that yeah um, yeah we also we have a camper van and we like leave all our camping stuff in there and so it's just makes it easy to pack up and go mm -hmm. um, you just have to pack a cooler and like yeah I just change the bedding out when we come home and that makes it really simple we have a checklist that we like go over when we leave so we don't forget it <laughs> um we we so we spent six weeks in Mexico this winter with a four-month-old and a four-year-old yeah and I really wanted it to be like a I I kind of always like dreamt about this you know adventure for the family where we went abroad for like I I wanted to go for like three months and like you know, just immerse my kids in another culture and um, COVID has made that really challenging. 
so Mexico was doable this winter and we, we decided we would do it. And, um, I was like, I want to go somewhere that feels really Mexican and they, they have an experience. It's not just like go to a resort and just hang out there. And, um, it was a total wild trip. We went to Mexico city and Puerto Escondido and, um, we stayed in Airbnbs mostly. And, um, it was like so hard, <laughs> but so good looking back. But in the moment, I remember being like, why? Like, it, it was a real one of those, like, why are we, why are we doing this to ourselves thing? Um, and the biggest challenge was actually, it wasn't the baby at all. He was like, so easy. He was the perfect age to be doing that. Like, so happy in the baby carrier all day, yeah. only breastfeeding, was sleeping pretty well. Um, it was the four-year-old and, uh, I realized like going with, going places with either other kids or like going with other families is so important for us at this mm -hmm. stage. Like, once your kids gotcha. are at the age where they want to be interacted with constantly having other families, other kids around makes everything so much more fun for everyone. And yeah. then like parents can tag off and you know, couples can get away where, well, the other couples watch the kids or you can go surfing with your partner or yeah. whatever, like, and the kids have more fun and the parents have more fun. So that's a, that was my biggest takeaway from that trip. Like I would do another big trip like that again, but definitely only if we were with another family. Oh, this is key information. Yeah. yeah. Playmates and especially the ages, like seeing, okay, this is where this is what my child or children need at this age. How can I provide that to make this trip enjoyable for everybody? Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Setting the expectations, simplicity, like Tessa said, and playmates. <laughs> like, the other thing too, was for us, like familiarity, like, like Tessa said, like having that familiarity is really important. I think like, like Knox really struggled with like the food was different. The place was different. The, we have such a strong routine at home. And so trying to create some sort of familiarity for the kids mm -hmm. is really, really important, I think. And then just like snacks, no matter what you're doing, no matter where you're going. <laughs> if you're just going to park, if that's your big adventure, so many snacks. So many snacks. True for any age group though, like yeah. <laughs> my own self. I just have to run upstairs and get fits. He just woke up. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Um, Tessa, do you have, so my next question is going to be, and I'll repeat it for Izzy when she comes back down, but do you have takeaways, I was wondering, from your parents and from your mom that has kind of inspired or guided you in how you've parented in being a mom? Uh, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I think I probably parent a lot like my mom. Mm-hmm without meaning to or without noticing or just it's kind of comes natural and my mom I felt like was very much guided and like led by love and I feel like that has also been my like that's my desire to like that my kids would feel so loved and safe and no matter how much stuff I screw up that as long as they know beyond anything, how much I love them and that they feel that every day, that hopefully it will make everything okay in the end. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then what about um, like kind of values that you hope, and then you kind of mentioned that like love and I think a lot of other things that you guys have done in the way that you've lived your life. Um, what kind of values are you hoping that your children walk away from and pass on to their, as they grow? Um, well, when right, right before Dave passed away, he was, did this really powerful interview actually for a little video that he was making. And I feel like he just nailed it for exactly how we want to live. And in it he talks he's like explaining to the boys um to love god love each other love the world around them and to love themselves and i feel like that's basically life if we can do those things and each one is like 
so important, like to just think of loving the world around them. And I feel like that is what I like such the big reason why we spend so much time outside and skiing and like giving them a love for the outdoors and a love for the world around us mm-hmm. and how to how to love it how to take care of it and then obviously loving other loving pe- like our neighbors and loving the people around us and our friends and and um strangers anybody like loving the people around us is pretty common I think by like loving our learning to love ourselves and learning to understand ourselves and and then for us another big thing is like to understand that that with our faith and where it comes from and like to love God and to understand that as well like there's Mm -hmm. there's so many I feel like it's all just like wrapped up in love yeah and I think the way my mom kind of explained it and I have explained it to my boys like for us we just see like that God is the source of love and so then to understand like that that's where all of that love comes from it's just like being connected to the source of love and so that's how it makes it possible for us to like love the world around us and love each other and love ourselves and yeah um, love my kids (laughs) yeah what better there's I can't imagine there's a better concept or value to pass on to your kids and to, and instill, instill in them than that. Izzy, what about you? So the question was, um, takeaways from your mom, maybe how she parented, what she did. You talked a little bit about that in the film, but what are some takeaways that you got from your mom, values that you got from her that you found have influenced your parenting style? Oh man, my mom was such an influence on me for just wanting to have kids um so there are four kids in my family and and my parents yeah like you mentioned they they invested in a backcountry lodge when we were young kids and they like they helped build this place and and uh I think my parent my mom just showed me that you don't have to stop doing the things you love when you have kids like she just she just continued to do them she still skied she still was out in the mountains she still spent a lot of time with her friends and maintain this this person that she was in like not a selfish way though in a way that she embraced the whole family Mm -hmm. um and just made it happen and um yeah she would work so hard to create these experiences for all of us but not just for us like for her too because she needed that and um that's been really like that's I think a lot of, uh, I wasn't scared to have kids and scared to lose those things when I had kids because I saw that my mom had done it. And even now I look at her and she's like 66 years old and she she shreds so hard. She skis so hard. She gets out there. She has such an adventurous lifestyle. And so I'm like, hey, you can raise four kids and still maintain this person and this ability level like for years and years and years to come. Mm So really inspiring in that way. Um, And then, yeah, my mom has just always been this really like, our house was like an open, welcoming space. We always had different people living with us. Like, I yeah, like she would just like take in neighborhood kids or, um, and yeah, I think I've, and embraced chaos. And I think that I've like, grown to really desire that that chaos and the people having people around and just make my home like a place where everyone feels welcome and you know a social hub and stuff like that and um so that's one thing I and I was saying to my friend the other day like I can't wait till our kids are at the age where they can just like walk in the back door like I want your kids to feel like they can just walk in my back door and and know that they're welcome here and um they can open the fridge and see what's in there and, and stuff like that. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. So that, I would say. But my mom, yeah, she just worked so hard. Like, nothing was too much. She would stay up all night the night before a weekend away just to, like, make sure all the food was taken care of. And and she never complained about it. It was, like, there was not a question in her mind whether or not that was worth it. And yeah. I feel like that has definitely been passed down to me, like, oh, yeah, there are so many logistics. That's okay. We'll just take care of it because we're going to hit the road and it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And almost kind of it becomes this, um, I think with any major, like I would call skiing, like a big activity because for us, it's like two hour time block for like 15 minutes of taking her down a hill. But uh, it's just saying like accepting that, yeah, this is just what we do. 
this is the process that we go through. We're going to pack all the stuff up and not making it almost like not making it a big deal. And once you get past that through those kind of prep times, a couple times, it becomes almost second nature, <laughs> like bundling them up. And it doesn't, there's not as much weight to, although there's physical weight and, and there is but <laughs> to the work that it takes to get them out there. Totally. You just, mm -hmm. yeah, you just accept that that's, all part of the experience and yeah. Yeah. Well, Amy, do you want to wrap us up with some, we have some rapid fire questions as well as our kind of closing question that we ask all of our guests. So Amy, I'll hand it over to you. Thanks. Um, actually, before we get into that, I just have one question as a non-parent. Um, basically, if you have anything that you recommend um, that a person can support a new mom, you know, and especially friends that don't ask for help, if there's something that stands out for either of you. I, 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 like a new mom, I think food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. yeah, it's never a bad time to drop off food, snacks. And even... Yeah. A, meal, a meal that can go in the freezer. I yeah. think that's like super helpful. Yeah. And even just drop also, it on the doorstep and maybe, yeah. Also coming and like, well, depending on how well you know the person, but like saying, okay, I'm coming to take your baby for a walk, make sure they're yeah. fed. So you go lay down or have a shower or whatever. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. coming to steal the baby for 20 minutes or whatever the mom is comfortable with, but yeah, that's it. Half an hour. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Oh yeah, um, perfect. Yeah, that probably yeah. goes for any age though. Someone like you could always probably go steal someone's kids for a little bit, and no one would yeah. be upset. Yeah. <laughs> and Eve, is there anything that stands out for you? With that? Um, I think both us like food and yeah. even just tiny brief moments of time. And yeah, mm -hmm. if you're really comfortable with somebody, like they're you're in that zone of it's like, yeah. hey, I'm just gonna come over, just take a break. 30, even yeah. 30 minutes can yeah. be so much. Um, mm -hmm. And again, I'll mirror that any, probably any stage, like we're still in a yeah. toddler stage, but I would imagine even that would go for a, a nine-year-old just as much. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and we'll just, yeah, ask some rapid fire. We can wrap it up in the next um, two minutes. So you don't elaborate on this, just like say the first thing that comes up. Um, <laughs> uh, first question is a hard nose, either as a parent or um, for your own personal life, hard nose at this point. Hard nose. What do you think, guys? Those those boundaries that you were talking about. I kind of missed it. Sorry, we're kind of falling apart here. That's okay. Yeah, we can wrap it up. Actually, um, we'll skip that one. Um, is what's your go-to ski hill snacks? Go to ski hill snacks. Oh man, covered. Usually there's yeah. like crumbled up fishy crackers or granola bars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lots yeah. of gummies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then favorite time of the day. Mine's the morning. Yeah. Everybody's oh, fresh. <laughs> hey, little guy. Yeah. Okay, and then uh, Sorry, we'll I'm bad at this. And we'll just wrap it up um, with everything we wrap up with every episode is the most average thing about you. Everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say we're just doing normal life. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Wiping bums, reading bedtime stories. Yeah. Trying to stay up past nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, that's the hardest thing in the world, I think. Staying staying up past nine o'clock is like Yeah. 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 I have very average sleeps. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, and then where can everybody find the mother load film? It's on YouTube. You can just Google um, oh, we actually have a new work? series coming out in the fall. Um, so okay. We filmed four episodes of the last year. Yeah. Um, and uh, they'll be featuring kind of like getting out for adventures with your kids in different seasons. Yeah. All that goes goes into that. So you can look okay. forward to that in the fall. Yeah. That's great. 
Oh, like, awesome. appreciate both your times. Yeah. Yeah. And just want to acknowledge the fact that you guys are also juggling your children while recording this too is just pretty inspiring. And um, I really, yeah, we really appreciate your time. Yeah. I want to thank you both so much. You've been a massive inspiration for me. And I don't think, I think seeing even from the Motherload film and following you guys on social media, seeing what's possible with your kids. And then a big thing for the film too is just really watching, okay, it's not. It's not, it, it's not easy <laughs> and there's going to be the meltdowns and that's going to happen and that happens for everybody and that's also okay and I think seeing that as a mom was so inspiring for me so thank you guys so much for telling your stories you're crushing it as a mom too <laughs> seeing you out there on the hill so much this winter is awesome they're so cute in their little gear like it's awesome <laughs> Okay, well, thank you guys so much. And yeah, you guys actually, we're gonna air this one right before Mother's Day. So it'll be a, a really quick one. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks, Thanks so much, guys. guys.